This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you ever had second thoughts after making a decision? They can happen to any of us. But what do you do if you are having second thoughts about Jesus? In today's program, we will discover Jesus' response to a prophet who voiced his doubts about the Messiah. Please stay with us for our message, A Blessed Promise to Hang On To. Our Bible story for today holds a joy-filled promise for the believer in Jesus Christ. Stay with us and find out more as we continue our sermon series, Season of Promise. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Good and faithful God, thank you for your mercy, kindness, grace, and patience. We humbly ask that you would forgive us for those times when we doubt you and your love for us. Breathe your Holy Spirit into us today and renew our faith. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 2. Now, when John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Dear friends, second thoughts are something that we all experience regularly in life. For instance, I remember a young woman saying to me in my office, I'm having second thoughts about marrying this individual. Someone else has said to me along the way, you know, I'm headed towards retirement, but I'm having second thoughts about retirement. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my time. Someone else might say, I'm having second thoughts about this relocation that I've made in life or about a purchase that I've made. Have you ever had second thoughts about Jesus? I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you're nodding your head to this question. Second thoughts, you see, can even happen in our faith life. Someone might have second thoughts about Jesus because Jesus isn't meeting his or her expectations. They say, my life isn't going all that well. It's filled with problems. I have pain in my life. I thought Jesus would prevent that. Or perhaps you're having second thoughts because someone you admire has rejected Jesus and their rationale is challenging your own belief in him. Second thoughts come around sometimes because of unexplained suffering and evil and bad things that happen. We call those intellectual doubts. It's really not that unusual. The thing that's important, though, is what do you do with these second thoughts when they come around? Well, we have a story before us today that I think is helpful. A preacher named John the Baptist is having second thoughts about Jesus. John is in prison for his preaching. 
He preached a repentance message and he pointed people to the coming kingdom of God. And he had publicly denounced King Herod's marriage as illegitimate, which ticked Herod off, so he had him arrested. Now John's sitting in prison, waiting, wondering if he's ever going to get out. And if not, was he wrong in his thinking about Jesus? Why isn't he helping me? John wondered. Jesus, you know, had been baptized by John, and John told his own disciples that this is the one we've been waiting for. Here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I mean, he was really quite excited about Jesus arriving on the scene. But now we find him in today's passage confused and puzzled and struggling a bit, disappointed. He's got second thoughts about Jesus. Because from what he's heard about Jesus' ministry so far hasn't really gotten him excited. He's not, Jesus isn't acting according to John's expectations. Remember, John predicted the wrath of God in his message and the axe laid to the tree and fire and brimstone and judgment. And what he's hearing about Jesus is there's no wrath of God in his message and there's no judgment or axe or fire and brimstone. A few miracles here and there, but there's not too much success or momentum as he had expected. And John must have wondered, if Jesus is a one, why am I still sitting here in prison? I'm one of the good guys. Maybe you've asked that question when life isn't going well. Why doesn't Jesus get me out of this? Frederick Buchner, wonderful Christian writer, wrote about John the Baptist's thoughts in his little book, Peculiar Treasures, a Biblical Who's Who. And his words, I think, help us to understand John's questioning. Listen to this. John apparently had second thoughts about Jesus later on, however, and it's no great wonder where John preached grim justice and pictured God as a steely-eyed thresher of grain. Jesus preached forgiving love and pictured God as a host at a marvelous party or a father who can't bring himself to throw his children out even when they spit in his eye. Where John said people had better save their skins before it was too late, Jesus said it was God who saved their skins, and even if you blew your whole bankroll on liquor and sex like the prodigal son, it still wasn't too late. Where John ate locusts and wild honey in the wilderness uh, with the church crowd, Jesus ate what he felt like in Jerusalem with as sleazy a bunch as you could expect to find. Where John crossed to the other side of the street if he saw sinners heading his way, Jesus seems to have preferred the company of the stewardship committee and the world council of churches rolled into one. Where John baptized, Jesus healed. John's troubled. He's struggling. Am I wrong about Jesus? So what did John do? He decided to get to the bottom of this. He decides he really needs to know some more about Jesus. So he, he needs some confirmation of some sort. So he sends a couple of his own followers to ask Jesus this question. Are you the one who is to come, the Messiah of Israel, or should we look for another? When you think of it, that's kind of a loaded question, isn't it? John is being pretty 
blunt. He's communicating his second thoughts and personal doubts about Jesus to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't miss a beat when he hears his question. There's, there's no anger. There's no resentment. He doesn't write John off saying, oh, I've had it with him. How dare he question me? Instead, Jesus responds, you go back and tell John what you hear and see. The blind see, lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised back to life, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. These words from Jesus are actually meant to be words of reassurance and encouragement for John in his second thinking. Because first he's saying here is, listen to the report from your men, John. The day that you and the Old Testament prophets have been pointing to is actually happening. There are the signs. The kingdom has begun to arrive. Kingdom miracles are taking place. Preaching of good news to people. Kingdom news to the poor in spirit is happening. Lives are getting blessed and changed for the better. The things you see that Jesus is pointing to are a fulfillment of some verses in Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61, which Isaiah used to describe what will happen when the new day of the kingdom and the Messiah comes. Blind see, lame walk, dead are raised, good news preached to the poor. This is meant to be some reassuring evidence for John. There's your evidence, John. But Jesus doesn't stop there, does he? He follows this word of reassurance with a word of promise, maybe tinged with a bit of a gentle chiding of John the Baptist for his doubts. Jesus says, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. It's a promise of blessedness, God's blessings. It's a promise of joy, actually. First, we look at that word blessed. We find this language in the Sermon on the Mount from chapter 5 in Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. These statements are referred to in church circles as the Beatitudes. Blessed can also be interpreted as happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. But that doesn't quite do it. Jesus is talking about more than a temporal or circumstantial feeling, which kind of is attached to happiness. Being blessed is a state of well-being in relationship to God that belongs to those who respond in faith to Christ. It's a joyous state of favor in God's eyes. Joy. Jesus says, Blessed is he who takes no offense. The word offense is the Greek word scandalon, from which we get the word scandalized. Or it's also used as a, a stumbling block. Jesus says, who takes no offense on account of me. In other words, blessed is the one who doesn't reject me or turn away from me, isn't scandalized by me, who doesn't trip over me, but instead he or she does just the opposite. They trust me. 
even though they may not always understand everything about me, or I don't quite fit into their own personal expectations, blessed is the one who sticks with me in faith and doesn't fall away from me. That person will have blessings from God, joy. In other words, Jesus is saying, trust me, John, hang in there with me. Perhaps your expectations of me need to be reconfigured or or reconsidered. There's no need to look for another. Truth is, there is no other. I am the one. So stick with me, and you will have blessedness from God, I promise. Jesus is basically asking us to stretch our understanding to fit a different model of Messiah that maybe we've picked up along the way. As the magical problem solver and giver of good things we prefer, to change that and to just simply believe him as he is. Now, we don't know what John the Baptist did with that message from Jesus. We are not told. But I have to believe that those words gave John reassurance and gave him the strength and comfort he needed as he lingered miserably in that dungeon until his dying day when he was beheaded. Trust me, John, Jesus says, and you will be blessed. But enough about John the Baptist and what he did with this promise from Jesus. Let's talk about you. How is your relationship with the Lord Jesus these days? Are you trusting him with your life for your very salvation? I hope so. Or are you having second thoughts? Maybe you're at a place where you've followed him for quite a while in your life, but you're struggling right now. Your expectations have been disappointed. You're feeling a little beaten up, a little shaky. It can happen to anyone. You know, Satan, by the way, loves to play with your mind with these things to destroy your faith. So this story is especially for you today, if you're having second thoughts. I can't help but appreciate this story because it reminds me in my own moments of second thoughts that even John the Baptist, who was described by Jesus as the greatest man born of woman, who was a Hall of Famer of the faith, and who loved and served God faithfully to the end, he had his moments, just like me. Second thoughts and doubts come. I'm not unusual. But here's the big idea we learn. We hear from Jesus, don't walk away from him. Instead, walk towards him, like John did. Ask your questions. Check the evidence in his word. Listen to the testimonies of other believers around you. Let them build you back up again. Go to worship and get the big picture of God's plan again and again and again. Jesus wants us to believe in him no matter what the circumstances we're experiencing. He wants us to know today that he is the one 
sent from God that first Christmas to be your Savior and Lord and friend, and that there is no other one by whom you will find blessedness and the joy of salvation with God. This story speaks to our troubled souls and says, keep following, keep serving, keep trusting, for in him is the blessedness and inner happiness that your soul is thirsting for. In Christ alone is a right eternal relationship with God possible. And blessed is the one, joy-filled is the one who trusts in him. And know this in the end, you will not be disappointed. One last word for you to consider today, if I still haven't convinced you. That blessedness that Jesus promised us, you know, I got to thinking about that. That right relationship with God didn't come about easily or cheaply. Jesus had to suffer the curse of my sins so that I might be blessed, blessed. In fact, as the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 3, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. We were cursed people by our sinfulness, and Christ became a curse on the cross, and he suffered our punishment so that we might be blessed, restored to a right relationship with our loving and holy God through faith in Christ. And God raised him up again three days later as his endorsement that Jesus is the one, and you don't need to look for another. Christ became a curse so that you and I might become blessed. What love! That's the one who is calling out to you today to trust him in all circumstances, to bring to him your doubts and your second thoughts, to not run away from him, but to run towards him. What blessedness, what joy awaits those who trust in Jesus Christ, whose birth we will be celebrating just a couple weeks from now. He is the one our hearts are thirsting for. And dear friend, there is no other. Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, protect us from our own false expectations that we build up in our minds about Jesus. They only lead us astray. And Father, build in us true faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped strengthen you in your times of doubt to walk toward Jesus, not away from him. Ask your questions, check the biblical evidence, and share your concerns with other believers. Experience once again the joy of the babe of Bethlehem, who came to be our Savior and friend that first Christmas. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported by the financial gifts of our listeners. We are especially grateful for our Gift Every Month Gem Club members. These regular gifts sustain our ministry during quiet giving times. Your support allows us to deliver biblical truths to those who cannot attend church. If you are interested in supporting Christian Crusaders in this way, contact our office at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Today's service is also available to be read or heard on our vibrant website. Hundreds of past messages can be found on the site as well. Visit our website today at christiancrusaders.org. That's christiancrusaders, all one word, dot O-R-G. If you would like to help with the financial responsibilities of this ministry, you are encouraged to contact us at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you were able to be with us this day and pray you will join us again next Sunday for Worship With Us. Conducting our service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders is blessed to have broadcast biblical truth continuously for the past 84 years.